Thank you for tuning in. We'll get to your program right after this short word from our sponsor. In your company, a challenge? Are you battling turnover and struggling to draw key talent? Is your team not performing at the level you want? Problems present themselves through conflict, miscommunication, creative differences, unclear expectations, and motivational issues. ARC Integrated is here to address these challenges through executive coaching and customized interactive trainings. Create lasting positive change that will improve your bottom line and create a culture that attracts talent and reduces turnover by going to arcintegrated.com. That's arcintegrated.com. What if investing in each other could change the world? I'm Joel Skeen with bizradio.us, and this is the Mindful Marketplace. Welcome back. Welcome back to another edition of the Mindful Marketplace here on bizradio.us. So thankful to you, the listener, for listening. And today I am talking with um, Holly McCann, who is the owner of Regenerating Leadership. Um, if you, this is part two. So if you missed the first part of this episode, please go back and listen to it. Holly has such an incredible inspirational and insightful story from uh, a variety of backgrounds that you'll definitely want to hear. I was very moved by the first half of this conversation, and I'm really excited to dive right back in um, with Holly here. So please go back and take a listen to that if you haven't. Um, But Holly, welcome back to the show. So glad to have you on here with us today. Thanks so much, Joel. It's certainly my pleasure. We're talking about one of my favorite subjects. Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to start kind of where we were leaving off. You had talked about your background as um, you had started actually as a corporate lawyer in Silicon Valley. You were then your own business owner, owning multiple shops around North Carolina. And then you went through what you called a dark night of the soul and had to really kind of question yourself and question a lot of things and reconsider your life and has spent the last seven years or so actually traveling around the world and studying different models of leadership, different models of regenerative economies. And you are now here in Asheville, North Carolina, ready to kind of integrate this whole thing. And I love that because integration is something that I feel like I'm doing right now, having also gone through my own dark night of the soul in the last five years or so. And with COVID and, you know, with all the things that, that happened around that um, and the things that happened to me personally before and after, <laughs> I'm sure we all have those kind of stories. Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about a success mindset. So this is something that I'm sure, you know, your time in Silicon Valley, obviously, you know, there's a lot of need. If you're going to be successful there, you really have to be focused on that success. It's not going to come easy. There's a lot of competition there. Um, And I know that throughout my journey and, you know, through when I first started having success in business, I was really consuming a lot of content, a lot of books and a lot of podcasts and audios around how to think in a successful way. You also, in the last episode, mentioned, you know, kind of having feeling like that was maybe half of the story. It was about kind of the masculine side of yourself um, that you were more focused on, but that you've been more integrating and bringing in the rest of yourself and kind of some of your deeper, um, I don't know how you want to exactly state it, but your soul, I guess, into what you do and into your business. And I'm curious how that integration goes, because I feel like for me, there's been moments where I feel like they're these opposites, but I have a feeling that you would you would counter that and say that they're they're not opposites, that they can actually work together. Am I right in that? Yes. And I, it's both. And that's, you know, the res- resolving of the paradox that we live in. And I think that's the greatest adventure of, of humankind is how to 
experience the energies as opposites. And that's how most of us have been in our journey. That's how I was for a lot of years. The, the My masculine was at war with my feminine. I disdained feminine conversation. I mean, I would go to cocktail parties and I would end up in the corner talking to the men about the latest, you know, strategy we were working on or, you know, the latest tactic. And the women would be over there and I'd have no interest. I was like, I don't want to stand around talking about the latest dish soap that I found. I mean, I was so dismissive of women at the time. <laughs> and, and it was just a reflection of how much I was dismissing my own feminine because that's the tender, vulnerable part. That's the part that can be out of control, can be messy. And I was very much in a, I need to be in control. I need to have my shit together. I need to like really know what I'm doing. And the feminine is dangerous. So unconsciously, I just kept dismissing her, shoving her down, you know, being like, no, no, no place for emotions here. Never let them see you sweat. Even when I was pregnant, I was vowing that I was not going to have the pregnancy waddle walking down the corporate aisles, you know? <laughs> so mm -hmm. I was very much in the like, just that there's no room for the feminine in business. And that's basically what was sucking the life out of me because the, in the, in the union is where life happens. So you talk about this integration and you're spot on with that's the phase that I'm in right now. And what I've studied in these heroes journeys, heroines journeys, and just absolutely observed the trajectory that I've gone on, it is a pendulum swinging. So I was very much in that left brain dominant world um, that was what ruled my life of, of very much needing to know and to control. And then after the dark night of the soul, I just shook off all these responsibilities that I had amassed over my entire life. I was at varying times taking care of my mother, taking care of my sisters and their families, taking care of my businesses and my employees and all the responsibilities that I kept. Well, I'll take on that project and I'll keep doing that. So I was being buried under the weight of all these responsibilities until sort of the pressure cooker blew and I just shook them all off. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. I am not doing business anymore. <laughs> I'm not taking care of other people anymore. My kids are going off to college. You know, it's all about me. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I took off and it was very much this footloose and fancy free pendulum swing into you know what? I earned a lot of money in my retirement account when I was working my ass off in corporate. I'm just going to pay myself out of my retirement account every month for six months and just go travel the world. Wherever I feel like going, I'm going to go there. Whatever adventure is calling to me, I'm going to go see it and experience it. And I'm going to take that pressure off of my shoulder that was constantly this voice of like, how are you going to make money this, this month? How are you going to bring in income? How are you going to do this? And just, I was so exhausted from that, that I just swung the pendulum way wide. And it was fabulous to experience that. I had never experienced that in my life, letting myself just play, letting myself not have a goal that this had to be the outcome. And it was the next rung on the corporate ladder to climb or the next achievement to go after. I was just experiencing just curiosity and play mm -hmm. and adventure and exploration. And I really thought this is it. Like, this is where the magic happens. What was I doing over there? I'm never going back there again. But sure enough, as life happens, life doesn't happen in the far outer edges of the pendulum swing. It happens in the center. So life is always going to bring you back to center eventually into this equilibrium. And that's what the last, I don't know, three years have been about how do I let back in the masculine that I had pushed out the door and yeah, go ahead. So no, no, finish that thought. I didn't, I didn't mean to, Oh no, go ahead. This is a perfect time to stop. 
Yeah, well, I, I love that you're using this pendulum analogy because it reminds me, honestly, of like, you know, it, it's it, it's not that one side is right and one side is wrong. It's just that it's easy in some circumstances to become addicted to one or the other and, you know, completely, um, you know, uh, admonish, um, you know, the opposite. But I think that in some ways what you admonish, uh, you end up getting tied to, <laughs> you know, yes. if you renounce something, then your focus is on the thing that you say you don't want. I remember when I had to quit smoking uh, a couple times. But uh, when I quit smoking, I was, you know, if we think of I was pulled up on the pendulum on one side where I was addicted to this thing and I just kind of needed it. And then when I went to quit, I, my pendulum swung to the other side. And it's like, I got to a point where I hated anybody that smoked, right? Like, but I sort of needed that in order to get to the other side and coming back to the middle and actually integrating that and saying, okay, so I learned what the success principles are. I learned how to be strategic. I learned how to be disciplined. I learned how to be, um, you know, kind of uh, very focused, right? But then I've also learned on the other side, when that pendulum swung in the other way, how to be with myself, how to understand myself, and also how to connect truly with others. Because I think that's the side of things where connection really happens. Um, and so to me, coming back to the middle for me, it's okay. So how do I now incorporate these success mindsets and these strategies while also not getting rid of the deeper part, but also like, how do we use these success strategies, not simply for profiting for ourselves, not simply for trying to become a millionaire and buy a Ferrari and, you know, all these things that you, that I typically see associated with a video that says success mindset on it, or, you know, content around that. But how do we use these success mindset principles to actually create a better world for each other? Um, and it sounds like that's what your work with your business regenerating leadership is all about. Um, can you shed a little light on is what is what is regenerative leadership and what does that actually mean to someone who may be listening here today? Sure. Yes. So many may have heard about regenerative farming, which is really a fabulous movement that's been coming on strongly in the last few years, where we're realizing that there's been a lot of talk in the corporate world about sustainability. Sustainability isn't going to actually get us there. Sustainability is just holding a status quo, but we need to actually heal some things on the planet and in our world and in our systems that are starting to crumble under the weight of this imbalance. So if you look at the conventional model of business, if you really break it down, it's quite extractive. I'm not, you know, saying business is bad. I've definitely integrated. I love business. <laughs> but mm -hmm. many times when you think about how you make profit, the formula is what's the least I can give to get the most out. Mm -hmm. So we're, it's skewed toward extracting, extracting from our competitors, from our trading partners, from our employees, from the planet. Um, it's sort of profit at all cost. And when you look at regenerative, the whole thing about regenerative farming is that it, it grows more food, more nutritious food and heals the soil in the process. So how do you operate in a way that is giving back more life? And the more you experience life, the more it begets more life and thriving. And that's what regenerative is all about. So it's accepting that whole death, you know, birth, death, rebirth process and realizing that seasonality, things die so that other things can be reborn, phases end, stages end, things like that. So you're embracing change and you're embracing 
like how do I operate in a world of mutual thriving? You know, a lot of people talk about win-win. How do we go to exponential wins in an ecosystem where we realize that we're not individual silos duking it out, that we actually impact those around us? And how do we then start talking in a way that I have this roundtable model of we sit around shoulder to shoulder with all the stakeholders and we share impact. You know, when you do this thing, it really negatively impacts me. And then often I've seen it where somebody will say, I had no idea. Now that I know that I can tweak this thing in this direction to where it actually helps you instead of hurts you. And it still helps me, you know, and you get to this place where you're focused on a shared vision, a shared goal that everyone has a piece to play in it. And you start celebrating the diversity that's there. You start asking for different people's perspectives and opinions because you realize the collective wisdom is far more powerful than what any one person sort of outweighing their perspective over another can come up with. And I've seen it happen time and time again. So regenerative is really about how do we look at this rising tide lifts all boats kind of mentality of Mm. I still need profit. I mean, and Profit is actually the surplus surplus that a system that's thriving throws off. It's a byproduct rather than the goal. And that's the big shift from an extractive model of business to a regenerative model where you're saying, all right, let me focus on what's the impact we're actually here to do. Why are we in business in the first place? What do I deeply care about? What do I deeply connect to? You get people around the table that they also are deeply connected to that. And they feel like what they're doing that lights them up actually contributes to that shared goal and to their own personal goals. And then you start to see the magic happen when you get all of these things in alignment and this, what I call dynamic hierarchy starts to take over. It's not moving from hierarchy to flat organizations that mm-hmm. are, I sort of jokingly say, sort of let's sit around the table and sing Kubaya and hope that everything gets better. It's, yeah, I've been to some of those meetings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fusion of the masculine and feminine. It's the it's the harmony of they both have a role here. And how do they dance together in a way that lifts each other up as opposed to tears each other down? And that's that's really sort of the essence of this regenerative model. I, I love that. The, the idea of a dynamic hierarchy is really interesting to me. And I want to dig in with you about that. And I also, you said something that actually one of our previous guests and sponsors of the show, Michael Dietrich Chastain with his, um, his business arc integrated says, which is the wisdom of a group is always greater than the wisdom of any individual within that group. And to me, you know, if we ever ask the question, like, what am I, what am I really here for? Well, what we are is we are each other. And, you know, at the end of the day, none of us are going to be able to survive in a world if it is always competition, if it's always, or I should say, if it's always competing against each other, there is, I think, I believe a way where we can compete with each other, where we can compete in a way where I'm trying to do my best because I know that that competition will help you, Holly, do your best. And so it's not actually a selfish competition, but it's a it's a, a more giving competition where I'm trying to be my best because I know it's going to make everybody else have to do their best in service of a goal that we all agree on. Um, and so I guess, you know, you mentioned the regenerative farming and you've mentioned kind of, uh, you know, those the principles of not just sustaining, but actually creating newness, rebirth, all of that. 
What does that actually look like within organizations? Do you have any examples or stories that you can point to from your travels or from your working in business that you feel like do a good job of explaining more what you're talking about on a, on a, you know, kind of a, a tactical or a, a, a real example level? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have several. I'm trying to, I'll try to nail it down to, you know, one or two highlights. <laughs> Whatever your gut says. Yeah. yeah. One of the most powerful I've experienced through direct experience and witnessing it was in this co-creation of Grail leadership. This feels like with the feminine on board with the masculine, Grail leadership was showing us how to do this. We just kept getting schooled just by observing. And that's when the feminine's on board in an organization like that, there's a lot more listening, a lot more tuning in a lot more connecting to what's happening and, you know, really feeling that inspiration before taking the action that, that is more in the masculine. And it just emerged in front of us through this coherent field. The more we got safer and more in trust with each other and more deeply connected, the more was this amazing field of energy that just, this thing just emerged with so much grace and ease. And we're just like, do you see what's happening here? And we'd start taking notes of like, oh my gosh. So we started naming things as opposed to figuring out an idea in our head and then going building it with something that we've already got in our, in our repertoire. This was a whole new creation that was being birthed through that. And so what we talk about is at this round table, each of the seats around the round table, each of these individuals or these organizations has an essential genius. They are incredibly gifted at that. They came in to be that and to experience that. And that's what lights them up and brings them to life. And they're sort of the expert, if you will, in that. So when you're in that sort of flow in the round table dynamic hierarchy <clears throat> in any one given context, everyone around the table just realizes, oh, Joel, it's your time to speak. We're all going to listen to you and turn to you for what's coming through you. And then another moment, it might be someone else. And then another moment, it might be someone else. And it just flows effortlessly. So you're welcoming in varying perspectives and talents. You're not having to push someone down so that you look better. You know, that old school, old paradigm that we're all really exhausted from and done with. We're lifting each other up like, wow, Joel, you are so amazing. Like, what do you have to say about this? And bringing that into the table. And then that will ping somebody else saying, oh my gosh, that makes me think of this thing. And instantly that collective wisdom is at work that you're kind of just gobsmacked. At, like, I had no idea this was even possible. And look what just emerged here without even trying. Mm-hmm. So yes, there's a lot of that. And unfortunately, there's a lot of regenerative organizations that are out there with their aim and that to do an amazing social impact, regenerative impact. Mm -hmm. And yet the business model is still this old school, old paradigm hierarchy that I've seen time and time again, in a heartbreaking way, these organizations fall apart and they are not able to make the impact that they're, they're wanting to make because of the power dynamics, control issues, you know, all those sorts of things. So we, we really, my ideal is that we create living systems organizations where we allow space for, you know, things to get healed in the process. Hmm. Yeah, no. And that's, that's actually, so I'm reading, um, I'm reading this, uh, you know, we're talking about success principles. I'm reading the atomic habits book by James clear. And he's talking about how a lot of times we think it's about our own willpower to do the things that we want. But really, in a lot of cases, the the bigger factor is actually the environment and the system that we're in. You know, if we have 
Uh, you know, he used the example this morning that I was reading. If he puts his apples in the in the crisper drawer in the bottom of the fridge, he never eats them. But when he changes the environment, sets them out on the kitchen table every day, he you know eats healthier and he's he's better for it. And so it sounds like what you're saying is the actual structure of our leadership hierarchies has an impact on the way that we behave with each other. Is that uh, is that in line with what you're saying? Yes, a hundred percent. And that's been the biggest eye opener for me. And I'm so fortunate to have had this experience. When we started with Grail Leadership, there was actually four women that came together that were going really deep with each other. And I felt so safe to show up and be vulnerable, be authentic, however I was feeling or whatever I was experiencing or going through, I could bring that to the table. And that's what allowed my genius to come through because I wasn't trying to put on this veneer of like, I've got it all figured out. I, you know, I, I have all the answers. I'd be like, I just don't know. And then you're creating the space for that to happen. And that, that environment absolutely changes how you think, how you act, how you behave. So that's why, you know, it's this yin and yang of, of um, the individual mm-hmm. path of transformation, how we find out who we actually are and unravel all the conditioned parts. And then the systemic, what are the models that we have that help that along and that allow the authentic us to come to the table? So it's really this symbiotic way that it's the individual person and the system that's operating together. I love it. And uh, Holly, I wish that I had made this like a four-parter, honestly. Um, but um, I am really, uh, I would love to keep talking with you about this. But with the last couple of minutes, minute or so and a half we have here, how can people, what are you up to now? And how can people connect with you? Right. Yes, thanks. So I just recently launched a new uh, newsletter and podcast called Regenerating Leadership. It's on Substack. So you can find it at regeneratingleadership.substack.com where leaders are getting together to explore this journey of this, this transformational uh, new creations that we're moving through. And then I'm also um, in Asheville. Now I'm making this my home. I'm done with my, you know, nomad life and setting down roots here. And I've joined this amazing organization called Asheville digital nomads. If you're in the Asheville area, check them out. We are just launching tonight, actually a new leadership subgroup of that digital nomads group. And yeah, I'm just, I'm coaching, I'm mentoring, I'm loving every part of this right now. Awesome. Well, please check out um, Holly, follow her wherever you can on her Substack. Check, look up Regenerating Leadership, Holly McCann. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, please make sure to listen to the other hosts that are here on bizradio.us. We have some fantastic local business hosts. Everyone on here is an entrepreneur. It's all entrepreneurs all the time. And also make sure to uh, listen back to any of our old episodes. You can go to mindfulmarketplaceshow.com. You can also um, find us on wherever you get your podcasts. Um, So thank you so much for joining us here today, you the listener. Thank you so much for joining us here today, Holly. And for everyone out there, please take care of yourself and take care of someone else. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.